All right, we started this hour uh, by getting you some plain tips, some advice on flying again. So now you've landed, you've arrived, you're at your family gathering, you're all there, family, friends, it's great. And somehow, somehow, politics or something comes up, something comes up that you probably don't want to be talking about at Thanksgiving dinner. Uh, as a matter of fact, you shouldn't be. That's one of the, one of the pieces, of, as of, pieces of advice you will be getting um, coming up here. Uh, but... What if we get into those sensitive issues and it turns out um, that there's some misinformation going on, some fact-free claims going on around the table? This happens um, a lot, or at least occasionally, depending on the family, I suppose. Um, But it turns out the home is often the most important place to stop misinformation from spreading. It's not always easy to counter. So ahead of this holiday weekend, and this should stand you in good stead for the rest of the year too, I thought we could get some tips on how to confront something you know to be untrue, and how to do it with a certain grace so you don't ruin the dinner. Here to help us with that is Emily Vraga. She's an associate professor in the Hubbard School of Journalism and Mass Communication at the University of Minnesota. Emily, thank you for your time. I'm delighted to be here. So as families gather, um, normally the conversation we hope stays relatively kind and calm, but sometimes it gets heated and political and um, misinformation comes up. And I gather I was reading this Washington Post article earlier. One of the things I found most fascinating was one of the nine rules is don't argue at the Thanksgiving dinner table. Yeah, the dinner table is a place for eating. It's sacred. (laughs) So when it comes to this sort of misinformation, uh, what should you do? Because there are ways to address um, fact-free arguments, so to speak. I think the first thing to do is start from a place of love. I mean, that's what Thanksgiving is all about. You're gathering to be with the people you care most about. And so when you're responding to misinformation, you're doing so because you love that person and you want to protect them and make sure they have the best information possible to make good decisions. Uh, often I, I gather being inquisitive is important too, to, to actually not dismiss what they're saying out of hand, but ask where they, found, where they may have read that or where they may have seen that. Yeah, asking questions is a great way to hear about not just what they think, but why they think that and can give you some insight into what you might be able to offer that would be persuasive to them. Yeah, one of the arguments I always hear um, that's fascinating is what facts would I need to present to you for you to change your mind? So that seems like a good counter argument always. Yeah, and being open to learning new things yourself. Uh, Somebody could be starting with misinformation, but that doesn't mean that everything they say is completely not true. And so being able to be open and saying, wow, I didn't know that. I'll have to look for more information on that. And then offering more information yourself could be a way to make it a back and forth process and make it more okay to admit you don't know something or that you're wrong. Yeah, because you you don't want to laden people with facts, right? That doesn't often work. Um, As you mentioned earlier, the heart, not the head, right? Uh, And also, I guess, sorry, go ahead. It can't be just facts is what I would say. It doesn't mean you can't use them. But if you just say fact one, fact two, fact three, that's not really a conversation. It's a lecture and nobody likes that. And and don't get personal either. I guess don't get emotional as part of the, uh, I mean, you always, everyone's always a bit emotional in these things, but I, I guess don't, don't make it personal, right? If I don't make it personal, I would say you don't want to make it about their intelligence, make it about their values necessarily. It's about, in fact, respecting those um, and affirming their worldview while still pointing out gently the ways in which they're wrong. So you can be personal, but you can't be punitive. Yeah, And we we started off by talking about the Thanksgiving dinner table, but, but I gather that 
the real approach here is not to have that argument in front of everybody, but to arrange to meet some other time or find another way to to talk to that person about what they've said or if you think it's a think it's a, a problem. So having a good long conversation separate from that kind of family-oriented approach is definitely a way to engage in this active listening and hearing what their concerns are, hearing where they're getting their information, and being able to respond and, and have a fruitful conversation. That being said, if somebody says something that's factually inaccurate to a large group of people, you can gently respond in the moment with what is true. You don't want other people to be left with the wrong impression that what they're saying is true or that there isn't another side to it. So if somebody says something at the dinner table that's that's flat out wrong, I might respond with, actually what I've heard from an authoritative source is this, I'd love to talk with you about this more, you know, after dessert. Yeah, because we started off with the premise that uh, that it's often around dinner tables like that or within close family circles or friendship circles that information sort of misinformation or disinformation uh, both both is spread and breeds. Yes, and I think it's important to recognize everybody has spread misinformation. Misinformation is just about being wrong, and we've all done that. So starting from a place of empathy and, and recognizing where confusion can occur uh, can be helpful as well as humbling. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, being willing to walk, be willing to walk away is another one as well. Like the, you don't want to go to the hilt on every argument, right? You have to be willing to sort of say, okay, I, I, I will agree to disagree. Yes, you cannot win every argument. Uh, you cannot always persuade someone that what they believe is wrong. So introducing them to new ideas, sharing where you're getting your information, and hopefully leaving them with questions is totally fine. You don't have to make it your goal to persuade everyone. You just have to make sure that they're aware of, of what you see as correct on the issue. Which is probably more polite than Googling at the table, because I have seen people do that. You know, you, everyone pulls out their phone and starts Googling, looking for the truth. Yeah, I, at the dinner table maybe isn't the best place to do that. That's another place where you can say, I've heard something different, but I would love to talk to you about this later. Or maybe together we can search for more information on this topic. Yeah, you don't want to, you know, sort of shove your phone and under them and say, aha, it's probably the wrong move at the dinner table. Changing minds, though, uh, as we know, if you think someone is... Um, is spreading misinformation. Changing minds is a slow process uh, and, and, and often one that changes both minds. You learn something, they learn something, and ultimately, I guess you hope you arrive at something like the truth. That's exactly correct. So how, how long does it take? Why is that? Why does it take time? I guess people are, uh, you mentioned it earlier, people are, are people's opinions and beliefs are, are very much locked into to them. And to attack the belief or the fact is to attack them sometimes. That's exactly right. That once we start believing something, we incorporate it into our perceptions of the world. And so changing our perception of the world, even in a, in a very small way, sometimes has implications for our bigger worldview. So we need to, to be patient and to be understanding and recognize that change doesn't happen overnight. To take a step away from the dinner table and the family gatherings and so on, when it comes to social media, there's a slightly different tact, I gather, which is to keep it short, right? To keep it concise. Yes, you want to keep it concise. And on social media, this is a, a place where it's especially important to recognize that there are actually two audiences for your correction. There's the person who's sharing the misinformation who is actually the hardest person to persuade. They were so committed and so convinced of the misinformation, they're sharing it. But what's even more important in some instances is the larger audience seeing that. And they're the ones you're 
thinking about as well as the person you're responding to, making sure that they have accurate information at their fingertips rather than being left with uh, inaccurate information. Is there a way to phrase things online that avoids um, escalating something into something unpleasant? I think you can still start from a place of love. You can still use empathy. So saying, I can see why this might be confusing, or I understand why you might have that perception, but here's what the latest scientific evidence is, or here's what I have learned most recently, and then providing evidence to back up that point. And what if you're dismissed out of hand as being, you know, often you see people simply being dismissed as as some, you know, fill in the blank uh, adjective here. How do you how do you do that? Do you just walk away at that point and try again next time? That's another place where, again, you have to know when to walk away. If you have offered a good faith correction, if you have tried to be empathetic and they are not receptive in the moment, you can not continue the conversation. It's not going to, to benefit either of you. And you can know that you left the, the best information available for everyone seeing that interaction. Well, Emily Braga, thank you so much. This sounds like good advice, not only for our Thanksgiving, but for your Thanksgiving coming up in about uh, six weeks time and for after that. Uh, I appreciate your time tonight. Thank you.